This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed Podcast with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with an awesome comedian and director, Jefferson Dutton. Hey, how are you? Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like very, very practiced, very perfect. Yeah, I, I was rehearsing in my car. <laughs> do you do a lot of podcasts? Are you a frequent podcast guest? Well, I just did uh, Doughboys on the Feral Audio Network. Oh, nice. That, that was a good time. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, did they ask you to have a intro like that? No. <laughs> no, uh, freewheeling over there. <laughs> they're, they're pretty unrehearsed, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we've been starting out our podcast by taking some questions from listeners about their own obsessions and then getting some help from my guests from answering it. So you'd oh, be cool. up for yeah. doing that? Sure, sure, sure. Awesome. This one comes from Jake Higgins, and he says, I have an obsession with buying physical media, particularly CDs and Blu-rays, and while Netflix and other streaming services are great... I feel like that older asshole who doesn't like change sometimes. Am I fighting a lost cause, or should I keep this resistance going? I'll tell you, I'm one of you. Oh, really? Uh, you're, I do, you're with JK. I do the physical media, not not for just, like, any new thing that comes out, but, yeah. but generally, like, I don't know, I kind of see it as, like, a bookshelf. Like, right. you're, you're curating a collection of, like, what you think is good, because we've all been in that situation where you all of a sudden don't have internet. Yeah. And then, like, what? You just don't have anything? You, you have, have no like, music? You have think no... Think or yeah. look at the horizon? That's so, bullshit. So, yeah. like, you know, I have I have Star Wars and Alien and Terminator and, <laughs> like, like sort of, like, the big the big chunks of of influence, I guess. Like, you just, I just sort of want to have those on the newest thing. Yeah. And it's a little... I do I do feel like a sucker also. I, uh, I think <laughs> just it financially? is... financially? Well, yeah, and I don't know. It it does sort of feel like nobody does that anymore. But hey, my car also has a CD player, so I still burn <laughs> actual CDs to listen to music. I don't have a jack or anything. So. Oh, really? Really? Yep, yep. Do you use Spotify at all? I do a little bit, but I don't know. I'm an iTunes guy. Okay. Like um I I also I also like dabble in DJing and stuff. Oh, okay. So uh, Spotify doesn't really like help you in that regard. Right. You sort of like need to have the song so you can like stretch it and manipulate kind of manipulate it. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Well, DJing stuff is awesome. So when you say curating, I agree with you. And that's obviously for yourself. You're talking about like the fear of the internet blackout of like, what if I need to watch Aliens tonight? Yes, yes, I'm not yes. putting up with this bullshit. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, but for like people coming into your home, do you feel like it is a presentation of yourself of like, these are the movies that make me me? Yeah, I think it probably has happened already in colleges and stuff. But, yeah. But you used to be able to walk into somebody's place and you would get a sense of who they were just based on like a first impression of what's on their bookshelf what's in yeah. their living room and you still can but as far as like the um dvd book cd yeah uh you know having your personality out in your living room that, yeah. that doesn't really happen anymore you just everybody has a phone and they all look the same and that's, <laughs> that's where all your stuff is all your yeah. personality is just whatever cover your iphone has yes right? yes exactly it'd be so weird if you walked into a person's home and you just saw like very large servers like corporate industrial servers. Just and be big like, humming servers yeah. that your hair stands on end yeah. when you, when like, you walk in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would just assume it's porn. That's unfair. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's me. Uh, yeah. So I think, Jake, the answer is you are not alone. You should keep the resistance going. I think there are a lot of us who have uh, physical collections who just want to touch things mm -hmm. and own things. So. Ooh, and, and, the, and the art, you know, yeah. just having like uh, people really lamented it when it was vinyl. Because yeah. vinyl is such like a nice big... You know, it's like a calendar size image. Yeah. On the on the front of this, and it, you got the inner leaf lit type yeah, artwork. The liner notes. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's, it's, that, that's cool. It's it's sad to see that stuff go. So you are not alone, Jake. Keep collecting. Keep spending an insane amount of money. Give mm -hmm. Disney whatever they want. 
they have us hostage. Uh, so, Jeff, want to talk a little bit about who you are and what you do. Can you tell people listening who may not be familiar with you? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Those I'm, sad bastards who I, don't already know you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, here we go. I, I'm an uh, I'm a director, and I uh, I'm a member of the Birthday Boys sketch comedy group. Awesome. Yeah. Birthday Boys was on IFC. Yeah, for two seasons. Um, we were canceled about a year ago, <laughs> um, but now we're on Netflix, and uh, you can check it out. Also, there's an IFC app. Uh, oh, really? For, for Apple TV that we're on. So that's okay. Cool. cool. I recently watched a bunch of the sketches and oh, really cool. enjoyed them. Season two. Uh, you know, I don't know because I went to YouTube and oh. I got Birthday Boys. Okay. And I looked at the ones that had words that I liked, like Star Wars. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah, that. but uh, that's that's season two. I, I like, it's like a more confident, cohesive show. Okay. Season one has got a little bit of that, like, baby deer legs <laughs> okay. sense to it. Yeah. And the, you came out of UCB and Birthday Boys came out of UCB, right? Yeah. We, we all went to uh, Ithaca together. Okay. In upstate New York and moved out in 05. Okay. Found the theater and met uh, Neil Campbell and Paul Rust, uh, who were sort of our big brothers leading us through, like, here's how you do it. Okay. And they directed our first show. And when Neil became the artistic director, he said, like, I want to do a monthly show with my sketch group and your sketch group. Okay. So we had this weird scenario where anybody familiar with, like, the UCB system of, like, Harold and Mod teams, we were never subject to, like, the theater oh, really? being able to, like, break us up or anything because we came in. As, as a, a little unit through the uh, not too shabby like sketch open mic basically okay so um we they we just got to kind of do our thing <laughs> <laughs> like untouched it was like kind of a package deal it was great oh yeah that's nice mm -hmm. and now you're directing more now and, yes and you're really interested in directing yeah i say that's that's probably like the frontier for me like what i would like to die doing <laughs> okay uh, cool. So uh, let's get into your obsession. Mm -hmm. uh, as always, I email people and I ask them for obsessions. You offered me a couple, but I was really intrigued by Jurassic Park. Nice. I was surprised you hadn't done it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm really surprised I haven't done it. Because uh, people come at me with like Star Wars stuff. We've done lots of Star Wars stuff. I'm a huge Star Wars guy. Uh, and I've done an episode of kind of about dinosaurs in general where Jurassic Park shadowed over dinosaurs yeah, yeah i bet but jurassic park is you know it's fascinating to me because it is it's different from something like star wars or star trek it's not this whole expansive yes. world but, it, but people seem to have that same level of intensity and love for it yeah and formative experience of it yeah it did it hit for me in a very like powerful window of like being 10 years old yeah i, I think i was 10 or 11 because it came out in 93 right yeah that sounds right and i was born in 83 so probably yeah 10 or 11 okay so do you remember the first time you saw it did you see it in the theater yeah i saw it uh my grandfather took me to uh in, in nashville new hampshire we went to a theater and we walked in a little bit late i didn't realize that i'd missed the raptor cold open the first time i saw oh, it oh okay i came in when like the lawyer is riding the raft towards the uh amber mine Okay. In like the second, it's like a minute and a half into into Jurassic Park, and then I saw it, you know, months later with my buddy at the first time I've ever been to a drive-in. That was that was a oh cool, a fun one. Was it scary as a kid to see it at a drive-in? Yeah, I mean, like I had already seen it and loved it at that point. So the only new thing was like the the raptor part, and I I just thought that like oh. Uh, there's this new scene or whatever. <laughs> so you whatever. Think it was this special edition uh, yeah. that had been added, but uh, it was it was great. It was it was scary, but it wasn't. Uh, I I do remember being scared that they were gonna do it in life. Like there, it did give me the sense that like scientists are reckless and that something bad is inevitably gonna happen because of like scientists disrespecting nature, which is probably like 
Spielberg's idea. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, that is completely intentional. But I was afraid of like, oh, great. They are going to clone dinosaurs. It's completely possible. <laughs> they are going to do it. And we're all going to die. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. You think of stuff like that when you're a kid. Absolutely. I think some kids do, but I don't think all kids. I mean, I, I think that's pretty novel to be like a, a kid walking out of it and not being like, oh, my God, there's maybe going to be like, what if there's a dinosaur in my bedroom? And you're like, what if there's a scientist <laughs> cloning oh. shit in my bedroom? That's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you leave the movie thinking like, that's awesome. But, you know, there were nights where I, where I would be like, oh, no, one day there's going to be this thing. It's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> I also think that's cool to latch onto sort of the thematic level. Yeah. You know, I talk to people about movies a lot. And I think it is natural that we gravitate toward like our favorite scene, our favorite line, our favorite character. And on, at, on some level, that's the surface. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to me that as a kid, the thing you gravitated to is the moral lesson of the film yeah that maybe scientists shouldn't do some of the things that they do well like that's the scariest i think thing that a movie can do is give you that haunting sense of inevitability like the shining is all that it's just you feeling like something bad is going to happen for two hours there's very little arc to it it starts out with an asshole who becomes a bigger (laughs) an asshole with an axe (laughs) yeah Yeah. but you're right it's totally like this is gonna happen but like you know so that's the sort of thing that like it's it's not really a part of the experience of watching Jurassic Park, but just it did sort of kindle this sort of fear in me of di- distrusting science. Yeah. And like Spielberg does a lot of like distrusting the government, you know, with E.T. And, yeah. and, and all this stuff. Did that affect the, any of your like life choices as you grew Ooh, up where like uh, I don't want to go into the sciences or uh, distrustful of scientists I, actually? I do love science and technology and all this stuff. And I recently played, um, played, I did... Uh, VR. Oh, okay. In, uh, the Vive. Are you? Have you tried? I have not any? tried the Vive yet. Well, there's there's Oculus Rift, which is I think fixed point yeah. camera. So it's like you put on the goggles and you can look around, but you don't physically move. Okay. And the Vive is they call it I think one to one. So it's like there are sensors in the room and and you can physically move. Right. And it's pretty seamless. Okay. To the point where when I put the goggles on and I did it, I thought I would have to sort of like willingly suspend disbelief and like yeah. And like help my brain trick itself the way you see like a 3D movie and you can sort of like you're a little distracted by like, oh, am I am I doing it right? Should I relax? Should I should I <laughs> right. like like it's it's always Do like I have this, the right posture to make this yeah, work. Am yeah. I doing it wrong? And then like this was just immediately like it does trick your brain so quickly and so seamlessly that I was like, Oh, we are gonna lose people to this. Okay. <laughs> it was my first it was like confirmed we're gonna lose able bodied adults to this. As soon as it's like, what's the word? Like mainstream. Yeah, viable, as, soon as, as soon as it's yeah. like a sustainable, cheap thing that people can just have, we're going to lose people to this. Well, people are just going to be like, I don't care. I know that I'm sitting on my couch in my own filth, but I'm not leaving my imaginary world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Like all, all the Warcraft type people. You're yeah. Go, you're goners. Like that's <laughs> the, just kiss a goodbye. Like there's there's no coming back from, yeah. from the VR thing, I don't oh, think. That is terrifying to me. Uh, so, so when you experience those things like that, does it relate back to your initial experience or memories of Jurassic Park? Oh, no. I'm just riffing on a podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Probably probably subconsciously that's rattling around. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> well, since you went right for the heart of the, the deep stuff, uh, I want to dial it back to some of the surface stuff. Uh, did you have like a favorite dinosaur growing up? Was there one that you were particularly enchanted with? Yeah. Uh, well, I had like dinosaur books when I was a kid. In the 90s, I feel like you probably touched on this in the dinosaur episode. We just had like dinosaur fever as a culture. Yeah. And, and Jurassic Park certainly had a lot to do with it. But it was, I think it was kind of happening before then too. Yeah. Like we had 
dinosaurs and like Denver the Last Dinosaur and the ABC like Not the Mama dinosaurs. Right. Even Barney, yeah. Barney like it's a cool thing because they did exist yeah. as a kid to be confronted with like there were once these huge things and yeah. they, they did exist and you can see the bones. But um we don't really have that now. Like what are what are what's the new dinosaur fever like i don't know i feel like fevers are so uh separated out because you can so you know uh create your own yeah, experience with yeah. media and your parents can really control better what yeah. they show you and you know so i'm sure there are things emerging but i'm always like well i think younger kids when they grow up they'll be like remember that meme that was the thing that we all experienced oh yeah was that same uh, meme d- that boy yeah uh, frog uh. <laughs> yeah exactly that'll be there we all like, love him <laughs> remember when we all went to jurassic park and they'll be like remember when we all reshared that boy yeah <laughs> you know I, I bet it is youtubers i bet it'll be yeah like, it'll yeah, be like, like PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Yeah, yeah that yeah. that's probably the only thing like to us it'll be i mean we have like you know, every 10 years, like a new Ninja Turtles comes out or a new, a new Batman comes yeah. out. What's going to happen with these kids who's like, their nostalgia is based on like PewDiePie, who's just going to be like a 50 year old man someday. Yeah. I think that people are just going to keep watching. Like uh, rock and roll always seemed to me like, okay, well that's a youthful thing, but mm. no, I mean, still the original like rock and roll artists, like the Rolling Stones, like still they're, yeah, they won't stop. So I kind of think PewDiePie is going to be like, 60 years old and sure 50 year olds are gonna be I mean, watching him on the vibe or whatever he, it, he has exists. he has a very sustainable model and <laughs> that he can play video games and make faces uh in, into his twilight years <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's great so but from the movie did you ha- were you like oh. did you fight with other kids were you like the t-rex was the best the velociraptors oh. were the best oh sorry so when i was a little kid the ankylosaurus Ankylosaurus? I don't know. Yeah. It's the armored one with the club tail. Yeah. Who's like a little spiky turtle. That was <laughs> that was my favorite for whatever reason uh, from the book, my dinosaur book. Okay. But uh, in in the movie, I mean, I don't know. Let's say probably the raptors are the best. Like T-Rex is like the king, but yeah. you know, like the raptors were kind of, I would say, more culturally impactful. It was like more of a crazy concept that there were smart dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they were, were the sort of like underdog dinosaurs. So like, you guys all know about T-Rex. But yeah. You know what's going to blow your mind? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Velociraptors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you fight with other kids on the playground? Did you interact with other kids on the playground about dinosaurs or Jurassic Park in general? Mm. Is that part of your playground life? That is a good question. I don't think so. I did get in a fight with my friend who I saw Jurassic Park with. This was like sixth grade. Okay. We went to the drive-in, and uh, this was a f- the first kid who was like a good friend. He was like my best friend, and he was okay. the first person that we had a fight about over a woman. <laughs> I don't know. If, it wasn't like, Laura Dern, was it? No, it wasn't Laura Dern. Uh, it was a, a classmate. Okay. But, uh, I don't know. That's not. That's neither here nor there. There were no fights about dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. Just on the playground. So I guess what I'm interested in is you said it was really formative when you saw it. Yeah. But how did you express it when you were young? Did you well, just want to see it again and again? Did you think about it? Did you buy toys? Yeah. It, that was in that great era when you didn't... Well, I mean, the internet's great. But pre-internet, like, you wouldn't know a movie was coming out until you saw a poster in the movie theater. Right. Like, you'd go to see a movie, and then you'd happen to see, like, the next movies that right. are coming out. And so I remember going to CVS and seeing that the that the VHS for Jurassic Park was out okay like they had like the display the big display like at the front door being like jurassic park is on is on tape and that was like a huge thing for me because it it totally blindsided me this movie that i'd seen 
Oh, tw- twice in the theaters, like when it hit home video. Yeah. I remember that being like, it's etched in my brain walking into CVS and, see- <laughs> and seeing like that. But also, uh, you know, I was probably still, I was probably too old for action figures. Okay. And definitely did the action figures for Jurassic Park. Like I had the compound and stuff. Oh, and, wow. And like, you know, I was... I was in fifth or sixth grade, and I don't know. It's like my parents are probably like, you're still into this stuff. Okay. Uh. So did you actually actively play with the action figures in the compound? Uh, yeah. And, um, oh, this is a good, this is, this is good stuff. I, I made a Jurassic Park, um, quote unquote movie on my video camera oh, using nice. a combination between like doing stop motion with the, with the action figures and then having like live action segments. Okay. Like being in the car and doing the water, uh, the water ripple effect. Okay. Like, you know, it's, I, I had conned my friend into being a part of it. And you can tell that we shot it on a Saturday and you can see him lose interest over the course of, <laughs> of the movie. And it's like getting dark and he's not into it. And I'm like cajoling him on camera into like doing, doing certain things. But yeah. That was kind of the beginning of shooting stuff too. Yeah. That's and, really cool. And it was a, looking back, it was like a weird mixed media thing to, to be doing action figures and, and live action, and live depending, action. depending on like what, what the scene required. <laughs> <laughs> were you just trying to recreate the movie or were you trying to create your own new narrative? Yeah. Well, no, wait, we had done like, me and this same friend uh, had done Ghostbusters, had done, you know, a bunch of like random little yeah. stop motion things. But uh, Ghostbusters and Jurassic Park were kind of just remakes, like as best as we could remake them. <laughs> so you're sort of sweeting the movies. Yeah, 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 really, exactly. That, yeah. That's what it was. Do you yeah. still have it? Yes, I do have it. Have you put it on YouTube? Would you I, want to? I could do that. I'll put it on. I got like a Vimeo or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So is that something like when you look back at that, like you're proud of, or is it like? Yeah, I'm proud that I that I did it. <laughs> uh, I think it's cool. I feel like creative people always have a. Oh, it already sounds so fucking pretentious. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you have that imposter syndrome of just like, am I? Should I really be doing this? Yeah, and yeah. like, whatever. And uh, so it. it it actually gives me heart to know that at such a young age, I was interested in the stuff yeah. that I am still interested in. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of makes it feel like, well, you know, regardless of what happens, like this is kind of like what makes me happy. So this is just what I'm going to do. Right. And it's never been like, uh, uh, I'm wasting my time getting lost in the fantasy of right. dinosaurs. I immediately turn my liking this movie into an expression of like what I'm going to do and who I'm going to be as a human. Yeah. Like if I spend my life in vain trying to, trying to essentially like remake Jurassic Park or make my Jurassic Park or whatever, like, and it never happens. I'll still die happy. Like, yeah, that was what I, that was what I'm here to do. Yeah. Now, when you saw the movie, did you relate to the kids? Did you relate to the adults or the dinosaurs? Like who's, were you on a side other than fuck you scientists? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a tricky one because Spielberg oscillates a little bit between being the kid and being the parent. And there's a great, great Vimeo. Have you seen this article? No. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna like give the guy a shout out because it's really great. His name is Mike Hill, and okay. he and he did a little, like a half hour little essay. It's like a video speech called Spielberg's Subtext. Okay. And uh, it's about how Jurassic Park is about becoming ready for parenthood, mm. and he goes into a lot of it, like how. You know, Grant doesn't like kids. Right. And the, and the whole movie, 
despite being about just like, oh, run from dinosaurs, run from dinosaurs, is about this one guy's, that's how he changes throughout the course of the movie. He's, that's he's bad with kids, and then he's good with the kids. Right, he starts kids. by giving that speech to the one kid about how velociraptors right. will kill you. Right. right, and then at the end, you know, he's got the two kids under his arms in the helicopter. Okay. But uh, throughout the movie, he'll he'll talk about, you know, I don't feel like I'm biting his stuff. This stuff is in the movie. We're, we're talking <laughs> exactly. about it. Like, uh, when they're looking at the raptor skeleton in the beginning that's sort of like the sonogram scene yeah you know it's like it's like them getting ready to be a parent that way and then later in the movie they're in the basically a fertility clinic with with the eggs yeah and they and they're picking the shells and pulling the raptor out of the uh the husk of the egg yeah and then the stretchiest thing that that uh that hill talks about that i was wary about Mm -hmm. but now completely buy is that Grant has birth scenes with each kid and that the car is Oh, that they're is, like actually pulled out egg. of some sort of Yes, and that they're like pulled they're removed from a vessel one at a time by Grant. And at first I was like, Yeah, I don't know, it's a little stretchy. <laughs> but it is you know, everything is sort of purposeful, especially when you're on Spielberg's level. Yeah. And the, and the fact that it is Grant and the kids, there's nobody else in the cars. It's not like he helps the lawyer get out. It is only him and like him and him and Lex, yeah, and then him and Tim. Adults can die in a toilet, yes. But kids should be emerged pulled. and pulled into your warm embrace. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, there's something that he doesn't bring up. So this is this is fresh stuff, guys. <laughs> this is total Dutton uh, theory. Right before the T Rex attacks, which is sort of uh, spurs this whole pulling the kids out of the egg. Yeah. Thing. What's his name? Nedry. Yeah. Yeah. Newman. Yeah, Newman. Uh, <laughs> He, on his desk, has a picture of Oppenheimer, the, okay. the nuclear scientist. Yeah. And there's a post-it with a atomic bomb drawing in pencil, and then a post-it next to it that says, The Beginning of the Baby Boom. Interesting. And, and, uh, and it's right before, uh, don't forget the magic word, and it's right before uh, Grant, quote-unquote, has the kids. Okay. So it's like, there are, there's a bunch of little stuff in there that, that feels like, oh, they really were thinking about. Yeah the subtextual ways in which like this is a guy being ready to be a parent. But anyway, sorry. So, so rambly. Uh, No, this is great. I, I related to Grant like, like a kid, but you know, I, I never related to kids in kid movies. Yeah. Like, except like maybe like ET, but like whenever there is an, an adult, like Indiana Jones just behaves like an adventuring little kid. Right. You know? Yeah. And you want to project up to the the bigger, cooler guy. Yeah. There's an aspirational quality to like, I'm that guy. Yeah. So did you like Grant or did you like uh, Malcolm? Ian Malcolm? Because Grant's like the the loving paternal figure who grows to be paternal. Yeah. He's wise, but he's kind of like a stick in the mud, as I remember. And then Malcolm's like this way cool cool leather sweat dripping off my pecs scientist. Love Malcolm. (laughs) Uh, And more as like time went on. At first, I was that was probably the first time I'd seen Jeff Goldblum also. Okay. So that was my first exposure to like the weirdness that is Goldblum. And then I saw uh, The Fly, probably not okay. too far after. Have you seen The Fly? You know, if I did, it was so long ago that I don't really remember details. Ooh, baby. It's a good one. And uh, uh, he's he's also great in it. And it's like, it's all Goldblum. It's, it's wall-to-wall Goldblum turning into a fly. And uh, there's a scene in there that really scarred me as a kid. That, like, I remember... You know, getting to the age where I could like watch whatever and it didn't, it didn't scare me yeah. too much. And there's a, it's Cronenberg and there's a scene where I think it's Gina Davis. I'm not sure who the leading. Yeah, that is. sounds right. She has like a hallucination where after she had sex with Goldblum yeah. earlier in the movie, she has 
goes into labor and gives birth to a writhing maggot. Okay. A giant writhing maggot. <laughs> and I remember seeing that as a kid and being like, ah, I wasn't ready. I'm sorry. I take it back. <laughs> like, I am too young to watch this. I had this. gone too far. Like, You're right, parents. Stained my little brain. Uh, so you like Malcolm, you prefer Malcolm now as an yeah, adult, as yeah. a comedian? Because he's, he's got he's so many way, great lines. He's just way cooler. Uh, yeah. Grant reminds me of like just the men in my family like totally totally cool like he reminds me of my grandfather okay like they're they both are sort of have like a very traditional sort of cowboy quality to them yeah it's like smart and reasonable like a little bit of romance but so smart and reasonable yeah a little bit of a grump yeah but like in a cool way yeah you feel like you know malcolm you could go out and have a drink with yeah and like grant would be <laughs> like well let's have 3.2 percent because technically <laughs> mormon <right>? beers yeah <laughs> uh if there was a real Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. would you go to it? Yeah. Really? Even though, like, with the scientist fear, with your knowledge, you know, you, you had such yeah. great insight about the inevitability of this is going to go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, I still think that that's true on, like, a global level. Like, I think that we <laughs> we as humans will get too big for our britches and, like, and yeah. like uh, learn some hard lessons. And we kind of already have and we will continue to do so. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as, like actually having a dinosaur park we'll have we'll figure that out yeah i, I take <laughs> you, it all back you, 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 <laughs> you would go to there no no questions uh, asked yeah you know yeah if i could afford it i'm sure i'm sure it'd be pricey i think you i think you'll be able to handle it i had this experience when the trailer for jurassic world came out and i tweeted about it and a bunch of people was like yeah me too the first trailer for jurassic world really just showed people enjoying the park like on mass which we've mm. never really seen in any of these movies before right and there's a part of me of like you know, I might just go to a movie that's a documentary of people just enjoying the goddamn park. <laughs> and I don't know if I need the dinosaurs escaping part. Yeah. Did you ever feel that? Would you want to see a Jurassic Park movie that's just a successful park with very little conflict? Ooh, where's the fun in that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I do sort of think that that was like the cool 2016 thing to do, like show the show the functioning park. Yeah. But there is something just more insular and... And it feels like, oh, it's me when when there's only like five people in the movie. Right. Like I think it was for whatever reason kind of robbed of like, oh, oh, this is my secret place. Or like this is oh, an adventure for me. Versus when it's just like, hey, whoever. It's just like a bunch of CG people running around getting killed by CG dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it took away a little bit of the sort of uh uh that Spielberg like private experience. Yeah, like, I'm the only one who saw this, and will anyone ever believe me? I feel I've heard to it referred to as hot boxing your story. Also, okay, which is just just means like pressure cook your yeah like characters yeah. and like put them in a place that you know you don't have a lot of options, you don't have a lot of time, you don't have a lot of resources. Right, and I think that like Jurassic Park is definitely that. Yeah, it feels once, like once the storm hits, it's just like you're kind of on lockdown, and everything is a little harder. Right, you're totally hot. Would you want to be hot boxed in real life if you had the money oh, and went yeah. to the Jurassic Park <laughs> and it was, it was just for you? Uh, or would you want to be there with a bunch of idiots eating corn dogs? You know, give me like a couple dinosaur experts and a mathematician, <laughs> and I feel like I feel like I'd be okay. Awesome. Would you ever want to be cloned? Speaking of all of your your thoughts about science and about responsibility, would you want to be cloned yourself? <sighs> Well, I think the fun answer is yes, and then like the uh, 
the sort of like black mirror <laughs> tragic there's, there's just so many ways it goes wrong yeah uh yeah i have to go with i'd probably go with no if you don't, if you don't want to have a kid you shouldn't i mean i'd have a kid someday but yeah i'm in, in no hurry to have a kid in no hurry to have a clone okay if i get the kid thing handled okay i'd consider a clone so you're granted the beginning of the movie right now yeah you don't want kids you don't want to be cloned right. that's irresponsible in, in the same way that a pet is training wheels for yeah. having a kid a kid is training wheels for cloning yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot argue with that. Um, I wanted to ask you some questions based on some of the famous quotes of Jurassic Park. Okay. So the one that sticks in my head is hold on to your butts. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that is actually good advice for any sort of emergency? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, most of Sam Jackson's quotes for his whole career are, <laughs> are applicable to to regular regular life. So if you were on this, uh, if you were hotboxed on the real Jurassic Park Mm -hmm. and you knew that a problem was coming, Mm -hmm. would you say to the other scientist, the mathematician, we should hold on to our butts now? Yeah, yeah. Unless somebody beat me to it. I feel like (laughs) everybody would be itching to say it. (laughs) Well, in this this reality, the movie exists or no? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So everybody's itching to say like, oh, I get to say the line. Wait till something goes bad. (laughs) If something goes bad, there's a silver lining because I get to say the funny line. Yeah, you put your money into the vending machine and Snickers bars doesn't fall. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. I'm going to get that Snickers bar. Uh, we touched on this a little bit, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the the super famous quote of the, you were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Yeah, there you go. Is that is that super on the nose to you? Is that the line that locked in your thoughts about the movie? Yeah, probably. Like, you know, Malcolm is the sees everything for what it is pretty early on yeah he's the uh if hammond is is god wearing all white and he's like the egg yeah like the giver of life then malcolm is your devil yeah who's, who's just sort of like preaches chaos and you know literally yeah wears all black as a cool dude yeah just like the devil <laughs> <laughs> uh you are super analytical and thematic about movies which makes sense as a director do you feel like did you feel like you were always like that or has that come to you as you've grown into doing this as a profession i think i probably didn't watch i I probably just enjoyed it on the level of a dinosaur movie when it first came out yeah and if there were any other sort of i think the reason it functions so well is because that there's a little more going on yeah uh, under the hood than meets the eye but it would have just been like a subconscious i I don't know that i would be able to articulate that at all yeah when you're a a kid. kid but you know i would i would say that like that movie hit that movie hitting me at that age was probably the sort of experience that made me just want to be a director like okay like uh i my school did a thing called eminent people okay e- eminent that's the word right yeah eminent means like about to happen yeah these people are coming now e- yeah. Eminent, but yeah, <laughs> eminent are cool people oh yeah cool well um in fifth and sixth grade we had to uh give a presentation on a famous or influential person uh, in character. So, oh, okay. you, so you would like be the person and, and everybody, everybody was doing like presidents and whatever. And I did Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Uh, it was probably honestly right on the heels of Jurassic Park. Okay. I can't, I, I knew who he was like Spielberg was the person who let me know that direct, that the director is, a profession like you could be it okay you know like yeah i think without him it would have taken me years to know 
that movies were made by a person. Right. Like, there's cops and doctors and nurses. Yeah. And now there's but directors. Just seeing, like, oh, Steven Spielberg, he's a director. And yeah. And, like, that was your sort of inroad into, like, finding out who other people were. Because I, I did sort of have a steel trap mind for, like, I worked at Suncoast for a little bit. Oh, wow. You know Suncoast? Yeah, old video Yeah, it was, store. like, Sam Goody. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tertiary thing. But, uh, so I, I kind of was good at knowing stuff about movies that i hadn't really seen like if i saw that ooh nicole kidman is in batman forever and she's yeah. also in eyes wide shut like i would just sort of that sort of information about movies would mean more to me and it would just kind of like stick in my brain a little better okay you just than, had to like suncoast osmosis yeah you well you, even like pre-suncoast okay. like i was just i could really sort of connect the dots as far as like ooh robert zemeckis is this type of guy okay. but but i think it probably started with spielberg like putting an actual face to like this yeah. is the guy that made et jurassic park jaws yeah know? now how much did you have to dress up as spielberg mm. in school did you did you paste on a beard i think i probably did the beard and then i <laughs> i did like little aviators and like a he had like a I, I had a picture of him with like an astros cap or like some sort of baseball cap okay and i i tried to like just make a facsimile i'm sure and like probably had like a track jacket or something okay it just it probably didn't look like too much, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the next year I did Robin Williams. <laughs> I, I remember that too. <laughs> That's really cool. I have played actual like historical figures when I've worked for museums oh, yeah? as an actor. And I've played like, like uh, Can I guess? Minneapolis. Lincoln? No, I never did Lincoln. Okay, thank that's God. kind of the go-to, huh? Uh, no, I played very obscure Minneapolis-specific, <laughs> you know, like Franklin Steele. Uh-huh. <laughs> the father of Minneapolis. <laughs> okay. Who laid claim to St. Anthony Falls. Like, there's, and there are always such challenges to, like, get to anything real uh, when you're like, hello, I am so-and-so. But to to think of somebody doing Steven Spielberg like that is yeah. so fun. And also, I gotta say kind of a crowd pleaser like i was gonna ask about that so like everybody's like another nixon finally we get yeah. steven spielberg <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like even more so with like the robin williams stuff because oh, I, I bet you know you had to research these people and you know spielberg when he was a kid made home movies and uh the story that i kept coming across was that to, to make like his monster movie he put a bunch of cans of cherries in a pressure cooker oh and left it on until it exploded in the kitchen and so like his mom just sort of like was cool enough to kind of go about her business oh, wow. for the rest of the week, just like wiping off cherry schmutz off the walls, <laughs> like as she had to go about her business, taking care of a, a family. Yeah. So little stuff like that. So uh, that that was in your presentation. Yeah, but it, I did I did remember feeling then like, why is everybody doing like these boring people? And yeah, like, I could tell like some of the parents in the audience were like giving me winks and stuff. Oh, like, thank you for spicing it up. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't wait to see yours. You're, you're a cool guy. <laughs> so were you cognizant when you were doing it of wanting to be a comedian? Because obviously there's a director connection. But did you, like, hmm. did you pick out things that you thought were going to get a laugh about Steven Spielberg's life? Um, I probably I probably wasn't that funny. Okay. Um. I don't know. It was, I was like sincere, like, yeah. you guys need to know how cool <laughs> Steven Spielberg is. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that story is like kind of like a funny thing that like stuck in my head. But I, yeah. I always sort of really liked funny people. Yeah. But I I don't know. I can't say that I, I was like, I was definitely a strange kid. But I okay. was never like, oh, my God, he's like the funniest dude. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you get voted anything when you were in high school? Did yeah. You... Uh, most artistic. <laughs> but for drawing and stuff. I was okay. like a big like... I, 
I love comics and I drew. Yeah, cool. Me too. Uh, oh, nice. My, what my degree is in. Really? Visual art, yeah. Where'd you... In, at the University of Minnesota. Awesome. Just got a visual art degree, but then I realized I preferred talking about the paintings and drawings. Oh, yeah. I could get laughs and I was like, oh, ah, oh I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I was. I asked because I was voted uh, most personality in high school. And at Ooh. first I was like, oh, that's really nice. And then I realized that's not best personality. Oh, <laughs> most, most personality. He's a bit is uh, like, much. Like There's a lot of him. <laughs> <laughs> this asshole over here. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to ask you about, since you're a movie maker and a comedian, if somebody came to you and said, we saw, you put up on Vimeo, we saw this video you made <laughs> yeah. of Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the spirit we want. We want to get back to the spirit of the original uh-huh. and just buckets of money. Would you honestly say, I'm interested in being in a director, <laughs> but not one of the most yeah, famous film friends right. of all time. No, thank you. Yeah, I'd do it. <laughs> is that what you want to hear? Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's what like all of these people have said, too. Like, everybody who's accepted a Marvel movie has probably been like, oh, boy, they want me to do Doctor Strange or, yeah. or whatever. And then ultimately they're, like, romanced into, like, hey, man, you get to do, like, uh, yeah, you get to, like, direct the Hulk or, or whatever. And, think, and people yeah. just can't turn it down. How, I, how could you? I think Marvel is different in a way. I don't know how big of a comic book guy you are, but you said you like comics when you yeah, did, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like Marvel is different in a way because they are making comic books for the screen. So it's like this whole yeah. other kind of movie making that in a way has never been done before. Mm-hmm. Or like sometimes it's clumsy and dumb that you have to introduce an infinity stone or you have to learn about, you know, this thing that happened to Thor's, you know, elbow once right, in order right. to make it work. But they're part of a shared universe right and whereas jurassic park is sort of like that weird like how can we make the same thing happen again and again and it hasn't gotten away from that sequel trap hmm. yeah so how do you have an idea of how you would get away from that sequel trap where you want to tell that deep sort of story like well becoming a parent or yeah i think you'd have to approach it like an alien aliens thing okay like you know alien is like the the first one is like a survival horror yeah movie and then the sequel the James Cameron one is like well it's just an action it's kind of an action horror movie yeah you know like they're they're the same horror elements but like okay there's going to be multiple of these things we're going to have guns and it's going to be more of like a war yeah like like a space war versus uh, I'm Ripley in a tank top running from a monster. Yeah, and you know? it's going to be a story of parenthood, like apparently yeah. all good action adventure movies are. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Uh, yeah, wow. But um, so I think that you would need to sort of go into some crazy territory. Like okay. there was a rumored script for Jurassic Park 4 back, you know, years ago, like yeah. before Michael Crichton died. And it was uh, like the U.S. government or like there was some like black ops shady faction of the government that was like training raptors for uh for like black ops missions <laughs> and that they were like intelligent enough and and like like and, drinking martinis like james bond yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or like it was and and elements of it are in jurassic world like, yeah like the chris pratt character it this this old kind of like shitty weird thing that yeah. is just maybe internet fable i don't know um, it dealt with like the guy who was the lead. Com- he was like the alpha of the Raptors, and okay. they like took his orders. And they kind of do that with yeah. with Chris Pratt. He's like, he's like cool with them. Yeah, the, like the Raptor Whisperer. In- yeah, until like until it's cool that the movie not obey that law, and they <laughs> just sort of take it back and yeah. do what's cool. So you just try to do something wild and crazy yeah, with th- it, and th- truly break the formula. Yeah, I feel like you know if you you know you'd you'd have to like do something 
like a post-apocalypse movie with dinosaurs. Like oh, just just nice. say just say like not only have they gotten to the mainland, they've taken back North America, and like <laughs> other countries are shaking in their boots because like they're kind of landlocked and like you know that yeah. w- that would be like taking it to the nth degree. Just right. like it's not even a park anymore; it's just a dinosaur movie. But I don't know. It's tough because that's that overblown, too big for like yeah a boots on the ground experiencer. It's too big of a concept. You're introducing probably a lot of like CG. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, something do something crazy. Okay, so if it was go, like, go crazy with it. Don't don't yeah. Don't keep making like park gone wrong stuff. Yeah. So if it was like Jurassic Continent where they had taken back North America, yeah, is there an emotional theme that's like resonant to you, like becoming a parent, that you would try to layer into Jurassic Continent? There would have to be. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there, I mean, like you got to find it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That's that's a tricky one. Yeah, these are good questions. Man. Oh, thank you, thank you. Is there anything like you? What do you wrestle with right now? Like, what what are your? I mean, I know where you're at professionally, but uh, mm. are you super political? Are you? I'm a little political. Mostly, I just want this election to be over. Okay. I'm I'm so tired of like <laughs> having to pay attention to fucking Trump shit every yeah. day. Okay, like I'm so tired. Yeah. So tired of it. Can that we just, was, can yeah. we just be done? Absolutely. That would be a fun thing to layer in. Like, yeah, there's no more voting. Yeah. There's no more politics. <laughs> yeah. That's, the that's dinosaurs the, the bright, now. the bright side yeah. is just, there's no more of that. It's the politics of nature now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, this is obsessed co-producer Sarah Meyer. And as I do every week, I've come out into the streets of LA to try to find out how your average person feels about this week's topic. Have you seen Jurassic Park? Uh, way back, but I cannot really recall it, you know what I mean? I watched it, I know it's dinosaurs and all that, you know what I mean? First one? I remember being scared of it as a kid. Yes, yes I did. Do you have a favorite park? Yeah, where the velociraptors are chasing them in a jeep. And he's like nipping at them and they're getting close. And then the T-Rex one where I think they're like hiding and then the T-Rex is stomping and you see the puddle shake. (laughs) That's a pretty classic scene. When he's in the bathroom stall and then the dinosaur bites the top off of it and he's just sitting there <laughs> can you sing the theme you're not gonna join him no no i'm gonna let him yeah. do the singing no, I... would you ride a dinosaur i would like to see it but i wouldn't want to be part of that era i mean that was that was really really wild you become food you know what i mean that that's not interesting you know what i mean Fuck yeah, I'd ride a dinosaur. Are they, like, safe to ride? Is it like riding a horse? Does somebody know it's dangerous? Then fuck no, I wouldn't ride a dinosaur. So in the movie, they clone the dinosaurs, right, to make them in the first place. Would you clone yourself if you could? Yes, why not? I think, yeah, I'm pretty cool. So I, I would like that uh, it will be a lot of Shiri's like me. My name is Shiri, by the way, so... I would like the, to see more series in the world. I think that we will be very, it will be very... A better place. A better place, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you think about Steven Spielberg? I mean, he's a great producer, you know what I mean? His imagination, actually, the stuff that he shows is stuff you're going to see in the future. I mean, it's just the human mind. It's just like Star Wars and all that. That time going to come. Is Steven Spielberg the best director of all time? I mean, he's a really, really good director. Is he the best of all time? I don't think so. There's other directors I like. I like the Coen brothers. I think they're good. Nolan's really good. It's hard, like, because then you got to throw in Scorsese and Coppola. you got to throw in all these great directors, and it's just like... Who would win in a fight, Steven Spielberg or Francis Ford Coppola? 
I don't know much about Coppola as a person, so I'd probably pick him. It, like, the guy who made The Godfather, I would assume could probably beat up the guy who made E.T. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You question. These are questions I ask or variations of them of everybody uh, to get a sense of how obsessed they are across Ooh, all the podcasts. Okay, cool. Do you think about Jurassic Park every day? Hmm, No. Yeah, it's, it's so, so it's like resonant and, and important to you, but you're, it, I get the sense that in general, you're not, you're a thoughtful person, but not that obsessive of a person that you, yeah. you have a lot of different things you like. I don't, I don't know if I think about anything every day other than the basic, <laughs> basic needs. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Do you think about Steven Spielberg himself every day? You know, I would, I would give Steven maybe like once a week. Okay. Maybe twice a week. <laughs> I think that's good. Have you ever had a dream about Jurassic Park? Loads. Oh, really? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, stress dreams, like yeah. running from On the dinosaurs. Off. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had a stress dream about the scientists? Uh, yeah, one time a scientist was chasing me. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> it's normally uh, it would be uh, the dinosaurs that I'd be afraid of. Okay. <laughs> if it was the only way you could ever see the movie again, would you steal a copy of it from Walmart? Yes. Yeah, no, just no questions asked because you need to see the movie every once in a while. Yeah, you want to be have that experience. I, th I think that certain things are more important than uh, Walmart's bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's a great answer. Uh, are you're not married, are you? No, sir. Uh, would you have a Jurassic Park themed wedding? Hmm. You know, I like themed weddings. <laughs> I don't know if Jurassic Park would be. <laughs> I don't know exactly how you'd theme it, but didn't I heard like Chris Hardwick had like a Star Wars themed. I think he had a little bit of everything. Like I think there was a cowboy theme and a bunch of Star Wars and Star Trek. But like I, I do another, I do a Star Wars podcast with a woman named Jennifer Landa, and she oh. had an entirely Star Wars themed wedding Woo. to the point that she is in Target's most recent commercial. That's Wh like what so they they were finding people who've done like oh I get who've you. incorporated Star Wars into their lives in exotic ways. Mm -hmm. So like yeah, there are definitely people who have full themed weddings. Jurassic Park is different though because like you said. It is about the inevitability of disaster, yeah. which is a weird theme for your wedding. There is sort of like a um, uh, Grant and Sattler wear like very archetypal gendered yeah. clothes. Like like Grant wears like blue and Ellie wears pink. Yeah. You know, and it's sort of just like, it feels a little on the nose. Yeah. You know, same with like the black and white of uh, Hammond and malcolm yeah but in the course of it you're just like oh this is a dinosaur movie they can't be thinking of stuff like that <laughs> you know and tim yet. is tim is little tim is dressed exactly like grant he yeah. looks like a little grant you know yeah. all this stuff is intentional it's funny that like but so when you say like bride and groom i can i can picture like a grant and uh a grant and, <laughs> and ellie bride and groom that like okay. kind of works in my mind yeah i don't know something yeah. about just like the natural costuming yeah sort of works as like man and wife in a in a very sort of like traditional yeah. way. Yeah. And I can see a big fancy wedding where there's just a giant animatronic T-Rex and like it, you have the it, couple's name on a banner. And oh a yeah. That's a great down. idea. Oh man. <laughs> Butters. Welcome awesome. to matrimony. Uh, <laughs> banner comes flying up. Would you ever dress up as a velociraptor at oh. like a convention or anything? Uh, I have dressed up as a velociraptor, nice. not at a convention. Um, when I was a kid there, I got like, it was a catalog called, um, called like a hundred things you never knew existed okay it had a crazy title it was yeah. like it was like a thousand things you never knew existed and can't possibly live without okay i want to say that that i'm pretty sure that that is the actual name but in it were lightsaber replicas okay. and fog machines and strobe lights and 
laser pointers and x-ray goggles and it was just like it was just perfect for uh me being 10 or 12 yeah and at one point i saw that they had like a raptor costume and i like begged my parents for it we've never like we were never like you know i dressed up for halloween but, yeah but it was and never to be steven spielberg and that's it sure yeah. sure but that was, those i swear that's it <laughs> no and um they i i got them to do it they they bought me this like raptor costume that i still sort of have okay like you know you don't really throw that stuff out and yeah then when you do sketch comedy you sort of just like all your childhood costumes like yeah. just stay in the closet but um the head and hands are very good and uh the the bodysuit was just awful it okay. was it was like a just a crappy like plasticky dinosaur skin okay thing with like a crappy tail that i filled with cotton Okay, but, to make it better. Yeah, but great costume otherwise. Did like, you use it for your video or did you just like... No. <laughs> like, you know, it's Sunday night, I'm putting on the Velociraptor costume. This, this was like a Halloween thing that I just like, it, it, I begged my parents for okay. it. Um, but I had I if I had had it, I would have used it in the in my redux <laughs> of JP. Did you get extra joy from opening doors while dressed as a Velociraptor? Oh my God, it was the best. <laughs> it was, and it was like in 93 or 94 too. So, okay, so, right so very often like the dad who opens the door would be like, oh, honey, come see this. Or like, you know, <laughs> they would have me come in and like scare their kids or oh, something. Nice. Like it, it really felt like a like a culturally relevant, like it was a very zeitgeisty costume, right. I guess. This is what everyone's excited about. Yeah, that's, cool. that's cool. Uh, this is the final question on the How Obsessed Are You? It's a weird one. I ask everybody this question. Okay. If you couldn't watch Jurassic Park without you or someone you love first being punched in the crotch, would you still watch Jurassic Park? I would say I watch Jurassic Park once every year or two. Okay. Which is pretty good. Yeah. You know, I don't believe people when they say like, I watch Back to the Future every year on my birthday or whatever. Yeah. Actually, I I do believe it. Yeah, That's yeah, very believable. I think it for sure happens. <laughs> but I, I don't, I'm not one of these guys who like has like ritualistic movie watching. Right. It's just like, yeah, you know, I'll call a movie my favorite movie if I've seen it four times. Okay. Um, <laughs> and like, just don't, you know, don't drill me on the particulars. Yeah. But uh, Jurassic Park definitely ranks as like probably maybe not like... Yeah, I'd call it my favorite movie. Okay. Or like just because of like it because of it hit when it hit. Yeah. So yeah, I would go keeping with the once every two years watch. Okay. Or once a year watch. I'd gladly take uh punch in the nuts or whatever whatever <laughs> it was. <laughs> a punch in the nuts. That sounds that sounds about right. Uh cool. Easy. Easy, Easy. trade. <laughs> cool. I asked people to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession? <laughs> You know what that is? No. That's the um uh that's the Malcolm quote unquote hitting on Dr. Sattler in the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> he's like sort of growling at her. Yeah. Remember is it her? a laugh thing? It's he's sort of he's sort of doing like a he he does like a dinosaur growl that turns into laughter. Oh, okay. And he's just like her her It's like the weirdest sound. But but that definitely is like one of those charming things that you you just don't get in like yeah. uh Jurassic Park two, three, four. Right. Whatever. You don't get the sheer absurdity and weirdness. Yes. <laughs> full on Jeff Goldblum. Uh cool. I've been rating people's obsessions. Mm. Uh so the highest number is seven, just because I like the number seven. Okay. And I try to give it a little flavor. Uh so I'll say out of seven Velociraptors. I think you are about four Velociraptors Ooh. obsessed. Okay. Do you think that's high or low? I think that's fair. Okay. I wouldn't uh I'd like to see it a little higher. You'd like to see it a little higher? But 
Yeah. You know? Well, I think the thing is that you, you clearly have a relationship with the movie that it means a lot to because you saw it as a kid at that right point yeah. of time. Uh-huh. And you you have a lot of analytical perspective on it. Mm-hmm. But it almost seems more like you're obsessed with uh, the world that Jurassic Park opened up to you for understanding Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I'll take it. And being Steven Spielberg. Yeah, baby. I'd maybe give you like an eight for being obsessed with Steven Spielberg. Great. Since you messed <laughs> up with him. You sort of wore his skin Ooh, for a I, day. I've been to his office. Oh, really? Yeah, my buddy was... Uh, he worked at Amblin okay. for a little bit, and he was editing his feature. Uh, my buddy Randy okay. was editing his feature in Spielberg's like home video edit bay. Oh wow! Like he, you know, he's got he's got all of Amblin to make his movies, but yeah. he also has like a Final Cut bay for his kids. Oh, just you know, to like you know, play uh, like Christmases, Halloween okay. videos, and stuff. So they have somebody on yeah. staff who like digitizes his home movies and oh, his wow. kids like recitals and all this stuff and burns them on DVD and all this stuff. And so uh Randy was editing his feature in that bay. Like wow. that that was sort of like up for grabs that anybody could kind of use that. Okay. It was like a hobby hobby bay. And uh I uh I walked through the building cuz we were there after hours and he said, "Hey, you want to see his office?" And I didn't like I didn't go poking around, yeah. but the first thing you see is uh Rosebud the sled oh really is on his wall the actual sled the actual citizen king rosebud and then also there were like dozens of original norman rockwells wow yeah that's cool would you uh would you want to meet him oh yeah yeah i mean that that's like that would be like a major major thing (laughs) that would have been really awesome if you opened the door and then he slowly emerged yeah. from his desk <laughs> from oh, behind it. God. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, I was so, like, my buddy Randy met him so many times that it was, like, not a thing. I can't imagine. Do you want to plug yourself, tell people where they can find you on social media, anything that you want them to look up or look at? Oh, sure. Um, I am on uh, all forms of social media at, at Jefferson Dutton. <laughs> yeah, that's Just it. Just straight up. Uh, cool. Uh, anything else that you want to direct people to? Uh, Birthday Boys is on uh, Netflix. On Netflix, uh, nice. <laughs> hopefully new stuff coming someday. Awesome. Here's some quick plugs for the show before our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also follow Molly Lewis, the awesome musician who wrote and performed our theme music is at Molly23. There are two ways to support Obsessed. You can back us on Patreon and get exclusive bonus episodes every month. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash Joseph Scrimshaw, or you can support all the podcasts on the Feral Audio Podcast Network, including Doughboys, by shopping through our portal. Just go to feralaudio.com, click the Support Our Artist button, and shop on Amazon, and some of the money will go to supporting Feral Audio. What should people buy on Amazon besides Jurassic Park? Ooh, what did I just buy? I, I just bought a tie rack. <laughs> Don't laugh. It's a it's a good investment. That, that's I great. Love, that was a laugh of surprise, not or, judgment. No, I love organizational uh, things. Like yeah. I got a, had a thing for my trunk. Yeah. I got a thing, that thing that you hang, but put shoes in. Yeah. You oh, know nice. what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like a, a shoe tree? Is it a tree? Is that the noun? I don't, it's not shaped like a tree. It's sort of shaped like a stack <laughs> okay it's a shoe stack yeah so get a go get yourself a little shoe stack yeah a tie rack a shoe stack yeah yeah and everything and everything you need to uh, pretend to be steven spielberg <laughs> uh here are the final questions they don't have anything to do with your obsession but they can if you want okay if you could have a little door in your home that opened to any location real or imaginary where would you want it to go hmm tokyo nice have you been to tokyo before no that's why i want it <laughs> <laughs> nice. if you could shoot anything out of your hands what would you want to be able to shoot out of your hands? Ooh, that's a good one. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, gold bricks. Oh, that, yeah. 
because you could use them for money or hurting people. Yeah, yeah, money or <laughs> weapons. <laughs> <laughs> Weaponize those gold bricks. And the final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Ooh, I once heard, I wish I had a, a uh, citation for this, that the people who are happiest in life are the ones who find a way to do something related to the thing that made them happy when they were in the sweet spot of eight to 10 years old or like like 10 to 12 years old that there is like this sort of impressionable period in, 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 in your childhood that, uh, if something is really hitting with you then, yeah. And then you can kind of do that in your adult life, that those are the people who, who like report the highest occurrences of happiness or however they break this down. And I would say that like, uh, I think about that a lot, and especially in regards to Jurassic Park and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, so you're in the sweet spot. So you are going to be the happiest things. of all. <laughs> so you're either going to create movies or be chased by dinosaurs. Yeah, in either of those, will I'll make take you either. Super happy. Sure, <laughs> that's a great answer. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. All right, so they're they're in the helicopter, right? Yeah. And he's like,